Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It is Wednesday. Happy Hump Day. It is Let's Ride your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast as a part of the Behind the Steel Curtain network of podcasts. Folks, you might you might feel it in my voice. You you probably listened on Monday. The the postgame reaction, the winners and losers, the 35-13 to 13 loss. It was so down in the dumps, a whole bye week. And then something happened on Tuesday. We all know what happened on Tuesday. But I didn't expect that to happen on Tuesday. The Pittsburgh Steelers were active at the trade deadline, folks. I I did not see this coming at all. I didn't see it coming at all. Uh, We had some people, I know Jeremy Betts, Jerome, our good friend that we hear from every Friday. He was in our Slack channel about all these trades that were happening in the NFL. You know, you got Hawkinson going within a division from Detroit to Minnesota. And you got other teams making moves. Chubb from Denver is on the move. And I was just like, man, this, I don't think the Steelers are going to make a move. I, I really don't. And, and I actually was going to start an article that basically I was going to run at 4.05 p.m. that said the Steelers stay put. They don't make a move. All those rumors, rumors about Mason Rudolph, move, rumors about Chase Claypool, they just stay put. They don't do anything. And I was going to be okay with that. If I'm, if I'm being 100% honest with you, I would have been okay if that's what the Steelers chose to do. They didn't. They didn't. They were active. Two trades were made by the Pittsburgh Steelers. We all know the big one, Chase Claypool to the Chicago Bears. And then we uh, have the addition, the acquisition of William Jackson III from the Washington Commanders. 
We're going to talk about these trades in the first half before we get to the mailbag segment. Boy, I'd say the ride or die crew. <laughs> All that news, boy, it woke him up. It woke me up. I'm in a great mood. I am in a great mood. I, I, I don't know. I talked about it on Monday. There was no improvement. There was nothing happening. I just felt like the Steelers were treading water, and I hate that. I hate it. I can't stand it. You know, either you're moving forward or you're moving backwards. I just can't stand just treading water. And that's exactly what I felt the Steelers were doing. But now at least there's something. There's something. There's a ripple in that stagnant pond. And so now we get to dissect these trades. Let's start off with the first trade, the biggest trade, and that is Chase Claypool, the Steelers' 2020 second-round pick, Going to the Chicago Bears for a second-round pick. Now, it was first. The Bears have two second-round picks in 2023. The first news that was coming out, and I can't remember which reporter said it. There's so many of those stupid insiders. Uh, They reported that it was the latter of their two, meaning it was via a trade from someone else. I believe that was from Baltimore uh, in the trade this week, actually, for uh, Roquan Smith. And then I'm thinking, oh, crap. That means it's going to be a later pick because the Ravens are looking good. They're going to be a consistently decent team. And then it changed. No, no, no. This is the Steelers are getting the Bears' original second-round draft pick. Well, that changes everything. That changes everything. The Bears are a average to below-average football team right now. Well, that, t- that, that means that the second-round pick the Steelers could be acquiring for Chase Claypool could be significantly higher, especially significantly higher than the pick that everyone thought they were going to get when it was from the Ravens. So that changes things right away. That changes things right away. Before I get into the minutia of the wide receiver receiver depth chart, the draft picks the Steelers have coming up, um, and all that stuff, I want to get something out of the way first. So, of course, you know, I I wrote the article about the Chase Claypool news. Dave got the William Jackson III trade article for the website and I, I'm reading in my mentions after the article, and all these fans are all up in their feelings about Chase Claypool leaving. Oh, this was a stupid trade. Chase Claypool was the most productive receiver. And I'm reading these, and I'm like, wow, like, I, I didn't expect this reaction from the fan base. I really didn't. Uh, I, I guess people forget. And it's common. You know, it's common that people forget, and, and that's part of it. Maybe it's my job to remind you Are we forgetting about the Chase Claypool narratives, people? Are we forgetting about all the things that the majority of the fan base couldn't stand about number 11 from Notre Dame? Really? We're forgetting? Let me remind you. Remember people labeled him a diva after his rookie year. Said that he was being influenced by Juju Smith-Schuster, his YouTube videos, his TikTok dances. Uh, You talk about his own line of apparel and all this stuff. Him doing things outside of the Steelers trying to make it, uh, you know, some, some... Revenue stream, you know? People's called him a diva. They said he was more worried about himself than the team. All right, I guess we're forgetting about that. People said he wasn't focused. He wasn't focused. He wasn't a focused player. It was all about him. He didn't care about anyone else. Okay? I mean, that that, that was what people said. I'm not saying I said it. That's what people said. How about that? Let's talk about physical stuff now. You know, this guy's an, an athletic freak. When you look at his size, body type, Jumping ability, speed. He can't high point. He can't high point a football. That's what I was told, Jeff. This guy can't high point a football. Well, we all saw that. Yeah, he's not the best at high pointing a football. How about he can't stay on his feet? 
Chase Claypool runs, Chase Claypool falls down. I mean, how many memes and jokes did you see on Twitter during even this season about that? And how about the fact that he just does not like to catch the ball with his hands? He's a body catcher. All of these things that people hated about Chase Claypool, now all of a sudden they're all sad. They're all depressed. Oh, we miss Chase. No. No. Not me, at least. I'll tell you this. It has nothing to do with Chase Claypool. I, I sometimes think, feel like I have to remind people, I am a fan of the Steelers. The players that play for the Steelers, I root for them because they play for the Steelers. In this regard, I'm like Ivan Drago and Rocky Four, folks. And if you don't know, let me explain it. Ivan Drago was the Russian machine that comes to the United States. He fights Apollo Creed. He knocks him out. They ask him in an interview after he knocks him out. This guy could die. What do you think? What does he say? If he dies, he dies. Just no emotion. I'm not hoping Chase Claypool dies. Don't take that the wrong way. What I'm saying is that Chase Claypool gets traded. Oh, well, let's move on. You know what I'm thinking right now? I hope the Bears lose the rest of their games. I'm rooting so hard for whoever plays the Bears that it's going to be crazy. You're going to think that I'm I'm a fan of the, the Vikings when they play the Vikings or the Packers, whatever. I want them to lose. I want them to lose because I want that second-round pick to be better. Because when you think about this, you think about all those narratives. They're gone now. They're gone now. And we're learning about Omar Khan, the new general manager, and his personnel department every single step of the way. And there's a part of me, and I might be by myself when I think about this and I think like this. There's a part of me that wonders if players that are on the current roster haven't been put on alert a little bit. This isn't Kevin Colbert's show, folks. And you weren't my draft pick. So you you want to you you basically want to mess around. Maybe you don't take the job so serious. And I'm not saying the Claypool didn't do that, and I'm not saying the Claypool messed around. But Omar Khan's sending a message here, too. I'll ship anyone out. There's very few untouchables on this roster. We can name them. TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, I would probably assume that anyone that's a rookie is going to be an untouchable, especially if they're a contributing member. We're talking Kenny Pickett. We're talking about George Pickens, players like that. But this was a third-year guy. They did not have to trade Chase Claypool. I said that in past podcasts when these rumors started to swirl. And there were rumors that the, the Green Bay Packers were actively involved in getting Chase Claypool's talents. And then the Bears come in at the last minute, and they give him a deal that the Steelers said, we can't, we can't pass this up. It's like Dave Schofield told me on our Slack channel before I went live or on the air. He said there's a chance, depending on how the Bears finish this season, that Chase Claypool, the, the, the pick they get for him, was higher than where he was actually drafted. How, does that ever happen in the NFL? If it is, it's rare. Think about it in that regard. Think about it in that regard. That's why ESPN, for the Bears, they graded it a D plus. For the Steelers, they gave it an A minus. The Steelers won this trade. Yes, for this year, they're losing production. I get it. And and yes, I know a lot of people have questions about the wide receiver depth, and that's okay. But what I keep thinking about is that Omar Khan is sending a message to all the players. You're not my draft pick. I am not tied to you at all other than the fact that I sign your checks or I'm part of that process. Art Rooney signs the checks. You get what I'm saying. So all this stuff's gone. I liked both of these moves. I did when I heard that Chase Claypool got a second. Are you serious? A second? And there's some people on Twitter that need to get receipts. 
Because what happens is people will ask me questions and I'll respond. And I don't quote tweet a lot. I don't do that a lot. But my responses come up on other people's timelines. And then what happens is then they go after these people. And I remember there were a couple people that said, what if they got a second round pick for Chase Claypool? And I was like, ah, I don't know if they'll get that. But if they did, I'd take it. And people were just ripping these guys to shreds. Well, I think that, hey, you have the receipts. Go back and say, what do you think now? What do you think now? Exactly. So this was, I think it was a good move. The Steelers were presented a deal that they could not pass up. Because let's look at what they have now in the upcoming draft in 2023. And no, I'm not going to talk about draft in terms of team needs and all that stuff. There's still way too many games. But it is okay to look at what the Steelers have in terms of draft picks. They have their first-round pick. We don't know where that'll be, obviously, because it depends on how they finish the season. Then they have a second-round draft pick. That is theirs. And now they have another second-round draft pick, which is the Chicago Bears pick that they got for Chase Claypool. Then they have a round three pick. So that means that they have four picks on day one and day two of the draft. That is amazing. That is awesome. When I talk about a two- to three-year rebuild, sometimes there have to be people that are cut. And I don't mean literally, in this case, it's trade. But sometimes you got to cut the weight. You got to say, you got to make, not an example, that's not the best word, but you have to be able to make a move that helps your future. This is that move. Chase Claypool's stock was high, and the Steelers sold high. That's a smart business move. So four picks on day one and two. I always talk about how valuable day one and day two picks are. Day three, eh, not so much. They have a round four pick. Then they have two round seven picks, one of those from the Denver Broncos. So they, they don't have any in the fifth, none in the sixth, and then they have two seventh round picks. So the way that they're setting this draft up, unless something changes, another trade or something like that, this would have to obviously have to happen later in the uh, league year when the new league year begins because the trade deadline's over. They are setting themselves up to get more players that can play right now. Those day one, day two picks are expected to be players that can contribute right away or at least early on in their career. That's important for the Steelers team. Two to three years. Two to three years. So like I said, I'm rooting hard against the Chicago Bears for the rest of the year. And you should too. We want that draft pick to be higher. We want the Steelers draft pick to be higher in the second round. Now there's a lot of people that are are kind of criticizing the Steelers for Calvin Austin the third not being available. Folks, remember, if the report from Jerry Dulac is accurate from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, he couldn't have been available even if he wanted to be. He's not healthy. He's going to have surgery on his foot. He re-injured his foot. So I get it. It would have been a perfect scenario if Chase Claypool leaves and then Calvin Austin III takes his spot. But that's that's just not going to happen. Not this year. It was a good trade. It was a really good trade. So what do the Steelers have in terms of wide receiver depth right now? So we know they have Deontay Johnson. When he got that new contract before the year started, you knew they were going to be tied to him for at least at least another two years. You have George Pickens. You have Steven Sims, Gunnar Olszewski, and don't forget about Miles Boykin. So here's my thought. Yes, you lose some production. But could it potentially simplify the roles on the offense? Let me explain what I'm thinking. So you had Chase Claypool kind of in the slot, but he wasn't really a slot guy. And then sometimes he'd be outside. This, to me, says, you know what, Pickens, DJ, you're our outside wide receivers. Focus on your job. Do your job. Boykin, you are going to fill Claypool's role in certain packages. 
same body build, similar similar skill set. I think Boykin might have better hands than Chase Claypool, if I'm being honest. Steven Sims, Gunner Rowe, but mainly Steven Sims, if healthy, you're our slot guy. You're that quick, you know, quick twitch guy that you want from the interior who can, if you can get him matched up on a linebacker, he's going to be a nightmare. I think it simplifies things. I think it simplifies things. And also, I think you might see less three wide receiver sets from the Steelers now that they've gotten rid of Claypool. They've been really leaning on that package a lot. They want to get Pickens out there, but they didn't want to bench Claypool. They didn't want to bench Deontay Johnson. Now you don't have to worry about it. This might, if anything, see more Pat Fryermuth, and I think we can all agree that more Pat Fryermuth is a good thing. It's a positive thing. All right, so Chase Claypool, I like the trade. I I felt horrible. We're sitting at dinner, and my wife says, you know, how was your day? And I was like, yeah, it's kind of crazy. At the end of the day, you know, the trade deadline's today. And I said, yeah, the Steelers actually made a couple trades. She said, really? They don't normally do that. And I said, no, it's very unlike the Steelers. And I looked at my oldest daughter, Savannah, and I said, oh, Savannah, I'm sorry. Her favorite player is Chase Claypool. She has a jersey and everything. I said, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't even think about this. I said, but Chase Claypool got traded to the Chicago Bears. And she actually got kind of sad. She didn't cry or anything. But she goes, are you serious? Because I joke around with my kids all the time. And I said, no, I'm, I'm actually serious. Like, he's not on the Steelers anymore. She said, are you really? Like, he's gone. I'm like, yeah, they traded him for a second-round pick. And she goes, but why would they do that? And I said, well, they need to look at the future. You know, he may not be part of the future. I mean, after all, I told I explained how after this year, he's only going to be there for one more year, and then it was unlikely they'd keep him anyway, so you might as well get something for him. I think she understood, but I felt horrible. <laughs> she was so sad. She was so upset. All right, let's talk about the second trade before we get to the second half. And that was the acquisition of William Jackson III. Now, William Jackson III was not happy in Washington. He, he was drafted in uh, with Cincinnati. And if you remember in 2016, the Steelers wanted William Jackson III. Mike Tomlin loved himself some William Jackson III. He'd been down to Houston a bunch. Everyone was predicting that was the pick. And then the Bengals, one pick ahead of the Steelers, take him right out from underneath their nose. And the Steelers, as we all think, we all think, 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 think. That's important to say. We all think it was a knee-jerk reaction to take Artie Burns. William Jackson has a great career in Cincinnati, turns it into a lucrative deal with Washington. He doesn't like his role in Washington. Too much zone. He's a man coverage guy. He wants to play on a man coverage team. The Steelers didn't weren't interested in trying to because there were rumors that William Jackson was going to get cut if he gets released when well, he goes on the waiver wire, and so I, they didn't want to deal with that. So they they do just twenty twenty five conditional picks. You know the Steelers get a twenty twenty five seventh and William Jackson the third. The Washington Commanders get a twenty twenty five conditional sixth. The conditional aspect of this just means it depends on how many picks they have, whether they get the highest or the lowest, and I, we don't have that details. Dave Schofield, check out the website today. He's going to have the financial details of the William Jackson and Chase Claypool. Did uh, the, the, the ramifications? We'll put it that way of both of these trades for the Steelers. So take a look out for that. But Tomlin liked him coming out of college. That's important. Terrell Austin has a history with him as the defensive coordinator in Cincinnati. His best year of his career was with Terrell Austin when he was with the Cincinnati Bengals. To me, this is a low-risk, high-reward acquisition. I'm worried about his health. The rumor was that he has a back injury. I don't like that. But if he's healthy and he's playing at a high level, and he could even be just what Joe Hayden was when he came to Pittsburgh in his at that later stages of his career, that's what the Steelers need. They need a number one cornerback, and I've said it all the time. If you can get one guy, a cornerback one, and if William Jackson could be that guy, 
then the secondary just completely changes. Now you have all these pieces. Maybe Cameron Sutton's your two, or maybe it's Witherspoon. Sutton can then go back to his spot in the dime. Then you could have Arthur Millette and Levi Wallace sharing time in the slot. You have so many options now. But you have to prove that this was it. But it's a low risk, it's a low risk acquisition. Yeah, just take a flyer on the guy. Who cares? It's a seventh, it's a sixth round pick in 2025. At that, 2025. Who cares? Let's go. So let's see what William Jackson can do. But the cornerback depth, like I mentioned, you have uh, Kella Witherspoon, Cam Sutton, Levi Wallace. You have James Pierre, still Josh Jackson. And then you throw in William Jackson the third. This was an eventful day, folks. It was an eventful day. The Steelers made some moves, and we're going to be digesting this for a while. And I know you all have a lot of questions about it. And we're going to dive into those after this break when we get into the mailbag segment. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right, folks, I'm back. It's part two. It's Wednesday. It's hump day. We're halfway to the weekend, and that means one thing and one thing only. It is time for the mailbag segment of the Wednesday podcast on here on Let's Ride. My Ride or Die crew came through big time. I knew they would when all this news started breaking. But before we get to the the mailbag and and how you can contribute, I want to read Chase Claypool put this tweet out on his official uh, Twitter page. And it says, I will always have an unbelievable amount of love for Steelers Nation and the organization that drafted me out of Notre Dame. I am beyond grateful for the amazing people in Pittsburgh for embracing me and the lifelong memories made. Now, back to business in the Midwest. And he used the little bear emoji and down, bear down as the bears things. Hey, Chase Claypool didn't ask to be traded that we know of, and he did. So kudos to him for putting that out there. He didn't have to. Uh, I'm sure, you know, that. That's, that's a nice gesture. We'll put it that way. All right, so here's how it works in case you're a first-time listener and you want to contribute to the mailbag segment. All you have to do is follow me on Twitter at jhartman. That's the letter J, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. I put out the question every Tuesday. I use a GIF. You respond. I answer. That's it. Okay. Heath Davis asked several questions. Okay, he said, uh, I'm entering in a lumberjack log splitting competition. Should I spend 200 bucks on an axe or stick with the basic one I have? Heath, I'm going to tell you what I tell people that ask me if they should upgrade their golf equipment. And I'm going to tell you, is the money spent worth the result? So you're entering a log splitting competition. Would $200 spent on a new axe improve your skill? 
And if it's just for a, if it, eh, it's a little bit, like, um, for instance, a driver that I spend $300 on can get me five more yards off the tee. That's not worth it. It's not worth the money. That driver gets you 20 to 30 yards off the tee. That's different. So look at it that way. Next question from Heath. When an entire nine-play drive works and you score a touchdown, it means film study and game planning worked. It means as if Matt Canada just just chooses to call the wrong plays. Run, run, pass only works in Little League. What would you serious one-on-one? What what would my advice be to Matt Canada at this point? Well, Matt Canada is first not getting fired. Uh, that didn't happen. I doubt it will happen. Uh, they were if they were going to do it, they would have done it already. But. Uh, my advice to Matt Canada would be uh, to to make it seem at least seem from the from a fan's perspective that you're a forward thinking person that you're thinking about what could happen and planning for that. Sometimes he just seems like a reactionary play caller, and I just don't think that works in the NFL. Next from Heath, would you have traded DJ instead of Claypool? Claypool seems to have a lack of production because of a lack of targets. DJ has a lack of production because he can't catch. Thoughts? Look, when they signed Deontay Johnson early this season, you knew that they, they, they're not going to be able to unload that contract. So I don't think that was even an option. And again, Chase Claypool's stock was high. Deontay Johnson's stock is low. You don't sell when it's low. I mean, that's basic stuff there. You sell when it's high. Claypool's at high. He get, Gosh, they got, they got a second-round pick for him. And last question from Heath. Is the Claypool trade a sign that Pittsburgh is going to try for a major pick-based rebuild this next draft, or was it just a good deal recouping the second round to respond on him and allowing Pickens to get more reps? I think this is a win-win for a lot of reasons. Yes, Pickens is going to get more reps. He's going to get more looks. He's going to get more targets. But also, they have that second-round draft pick. Folks, folks, think about some of the second-round draft picks the Steelers have had under Mike Tomlin, some really good players that contributed early in a lot of wide receivers, by the way. So keep that in mind. Let's not jump overboard yet. Doc M, Southside Doc says, how do, you, how do the trade deadline moves affect your thoughts on the front office? Hey, like I said, for me, Omar Khan, I think he sends a message here. I do. I think he sends a message to the entire team. There's a couple untouchables on this team. Everyone else, Look, I'm not here. I'm, I'm not. I'm here to win a championship. He said that in his introductory press conference. I'm here to add a seventh Lombardi Trophy, and that's his goal. And he's going to do whatever he can. I want someone that's like that. I don't want someone that says, "Oh, well, you know, there's this draft pick. We had a draft pick on him, and and we drafted him, so we're going to keep him low." No, screw that. If you draft a guy and he doesn't pan out, then he doesn't pan out, and you move on. That's what I want. And if this is what it is, it's what it is. I like it. Joshua Petrick says, At first, I was quite upset at the loss of Chase, but after a couple hours passed, I could see some upsides. Having three picks in the top 64 will be a big help. But since you don't like talk of next year, what is your opinion on Canada when some of the struggle, some of our struggles have clearly been pre-snap penalties, drops, and indecisiveness? Like Najee juking 85, 87 times in place instead of putting his head down. I feel as the OC deserves the majority of the blame because our offense relies solely on making someone miss instead of scheming people open no I don't think he does a good job scheming people open he wants his players to make plays and they're not making plays right now and then that's that's not just a Matt Canada thing an offensive coordinator can try to get his players in position but at the end of the day they have to make the plays they have to go out and execute and that's not always happening with the Steelers you know what my opinion on Canada is that what what fixes all this is just scoring more freaking points and so it might be a change in philosophy. And maybe Mike Tomlin goes into an offensive meeting and says to Matt Canada, look, Matt, we, we can't keep going like this, man. 
Like we can't do it. You got to start. We got to start unleashing things a little bit. We got to start taking some shots. We're not going to be conservative and find ourselves on the winning ledger very much in the second half. We'll see. Time will tell. Brian Haynes asked several. How do you feel about the trades? Uh, so, yeah, I, Brian, I answered a lot of those in the first half. Uh, hopefully you checked that out. I'm sure you did. Another question. Who would you choose to play a round of golf with, any person, past or present? Wow, this is not just a stealer. This is anyone. I would play with my all-time favorite golfer, and it was because he was my dad's favorite golfer back in the 80s and 90s, and that was it's Freddie Couples. That would be phenomenal. To golf with Freddie Couples, 18 holes would be Awesome. Everyone that I've ever talked to, listened to, that has ever met Freddie said that he is one of the greatest guys ever. So that's who I would pick. Next from Brian, what one legendary Steelers player would make this team a contender? I think Prime Pouncey or Fanica for the second half, assuming others stay healthy, would put us in a great spot. So I can bring back one legendary Steelers player to make the team a contender. Uh, I'll take Ben Roethlisberger. I've got a big apology for Ben coming up. It might be on my uh, heart-to-heart on Friday. We'll, we'll, we'll see, but... Yeah, it, it would probably be Ben Roethlisberger, come to think of it. Last one from Brian. If you could get credentials for the Steelers, but you couldn't ask the questions, who would you send? So I got to pick someone from Pittsburgh, and that limits my options. I'm actually – I'd, I'd send Jeffrey Benedict, to be completely honest. I think that he would have these crazy stat-based questions. And if you listen to his uh, Cutting Room Floor podcast, which I never miss, and it was a great one on Tuesday morning, go check it out. He just has these stats, and he has a way of, of really poignantly – crafting questions and, and putting things out there. I, I think it would be good. I think it would be great, actually. Okay, let's move on now. Will Caldwell, what is your knee-jerk reaction to the trade? Personally, I thought they drafted his replacement already. He read the card himself. That's true. Chase Claypool was in Vegas and read the card when the Steelers picked George Pickens. That is fact. They essentially decided on who they'd keep when they paid DJ as well. He would have walked, and the comp wouldn't have been close. You are absolutely correct, Will. 100% accurate that... They saw the writing on the wall that they don't have to trade him. But if they get a deal that's good enough, they're going to trade him. And they did get a deal that's good enough. And so they decided to pull the trigger. I like it. I agree with everything you just said. Aiden Blaine says, hey, Jeff, who in the receiving core benefits the most from the Claypool trade? In my opinion, it's it's Pickens. Because, like I said, he's going to see the field more. He's going to see more targets. He's going to have to – he's going to be forced to improve on his route tree. All that stuff. I think it's George Pickens that that benefits the most. John Jay, I feel like the Steelers have the best uniform in football. How do you feel about alternate uniforms and any which is your least favorite of the Steelers? So, um, yeah, I, I do like the Steelers uniforms. There's not much I would change. All, the only alternate I want to see, and it's not really an alternate, and if they did this in December for the anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, it would be awesome. And that's because they actually had these uniforms for the Immaculate Reception. Give me the block numbers. But I don't want just the block numbers. I want the gray face mask. Give me the gray face mask. Do that. I'll be happy. That's all I want. Block numbers, gray face mask, at least just for one game. Ryan Clark, not the former Steelers safety, said, should the Steelers re-sign Devin Bush this offseason? I haven't been hearing a lot about him this year. Where would you rank his potential contract on the list of Steelers offseason needs? Looking to the future to keep my mind off the present. Ryan, I get it. I get it. So here's what I would do. If I'm the Steelers, I would do exactly what they did with Terrell Edmonds this past offseason. And I guarantee what they did is they told Edmonds, here's what we're thinking. Here's a number. Go test the waters. You deserve it. You deserve to test the free agent waters. 
And then you come back and tell us what you've heard, and we'll see what we can do if we can get a deal done. And I think they should do the same thing with Devin Bush. And if Devin Bush tests the waters like Edmonds did, and they don't have any takers, then he comes back and says, okay, what what, what can you do? Maybe they sign him to a one-year deal, two-year deal, nothing major, nothing super long-term. But, hey, you play well and you get yourself a new contract. Look what Edmonds is doing this year. He is getting himself a new contract somewhere. He's playing great football. Not last week wasn't his best week, but he's playing good football. That's what I would do with Devin Bush. Mitchell Gibbons said, should Najee be benched if he has another game where he's not running hard? Just seems like Warren hits the hole quicker and harder and deserves more playing time than Najee. So I listened to, on Tuesday, the offensive coaching staff met with media. And you can go to the Steelers app, the Steelers website. You can hear Matt Canada's. He actually gave, he was more upfront with the media there than I've ever heard him. And Eddie Faulkner, the running backs coach, he also spoke to the media. And I listened to it, and, and they were very complimentary of Jalen Warren, but they were also very hesitant to give him a ton of praise based on the fact that, they, as they as they put it, situational football sometimes dictates overall numbers. And this is something we all talked about on Sunday when you talk about Jalen Warren leading the team in rushing, but when did it happen? They're in prevent defense. There's a draw. The, the, the Red Sea parts. I mean, they're 20 yards down the field. You're going to gain some yardage. So keep that in mind. But I think that what should happen, in my opinion – is that if Najee continues to play the way he is, they start seeing the carries more 50-50. That don't bench him, 50-50. All right, Eric Miller says, okay, Jeff, going into the bye and having a chance to recalibrate, do you think we can still turn things around in 2022? The second stretch of the schedule is less brutal. What's your over-under on how many blood pressure medication sponsorships the Steelers get in 2023? They, they could have had, in my opinion, they missed the boat on any type of heartburn medication, Prilosec OTC or something could be a great uh, sponsorship for the Steelers, the amount of heartburn they give the, they give everyone. But I think they could still turn things around. But it depends on what you think when you say turn things around. You know, if, if they win five more games and finish seven and ten, is that turning it around from a two and six start? Maybe, some would say. I do want them to see some success. They need to see some success. Kenny Pickett does. The offense needs to start scoring some points. It's more about how they play, in my opinion. Amendez asks, I think the defense greatly improves with Watt, Ogunjobi, and Wallace back. The offense is still very bad. Losing Claypool hurts, and we won't see Austin. Who steps up on offense to give the Steelers a chance at a good run the last nine games? I'm hoping to see a lot more Warren and less Najee. I think who steps up is George Pickens, Kenny Pickett, Pat Fryermuth. Everyone's got to step up their game. You're right, the, the Mendez, the offense is bad, but they all have to just step up their game. They all have to step it up, do a better job. If they can do that, they'll be fine. Cheeseball 10, as are your feelings on Pickett still as strong as they were in week four? So in if I'm being honest with myself, the answer is no. Uh, I, I thought that Kenny Pickett would be more of a difference maker than what he's been. If I'm being honest, and I've, I've always said I'm going to be honest with my ride or die crew, but my feelings on him being a potential guy, the next guy, yeah, I still have strong feelings about that because ultimately I want that to happen. I also don't think four-game sample is enough to judge anyone, let alone a quarterback, on a really bad offense. I mean, if you take Tom Brady in his prime in this offense with this offensive line, is he going to be able to do much? Probably not. So you have to think about things in that regard. Kenny Pickett, four games in, Everyone just needs to take a deep breath and realize that this is going to be a process. It's going to be a process. 
That's all I got to say about that. King Tibbs, I'm torn between wanting the team to win for moral sake and wanting them to lose to preserve draft stock since it's likely to be pretty high. I know you don't see it that way, but honestly, what's better, winning a few games for morale or getting high draft picks to aid the rebuild? Never want to see the team lose, but I would rather watch one bad season with the silver lining that we will get high picks and hopefully speed up the rebuild process rather than watching several 9-8 and seasons that end with nothing to show for it. Look, King Tibbs, I get your sentiment. I really do. I just always want the team to win. If they don't win... I'm going to root for them to win, but if they don't win, then they reap the benefits of that via the draft. So I hope that makes sense. You can do both. I mean, you, I never, I guess I, if, if someone's rooting for the team to lose, that's a big problem with me. Uh, but if you're sitting there saying, man, I hope they got to win this game, but you know, if they don't, there's a silver lining. That's the silver lining. I get that. I can, I can be behind that, but I'm always going to root for the team to win. AFL 66 with Claypool traded for a second, would you rather have not signed DJ to a contract and moved him for a second earlier in the season? If I had the option, I would have, yeah. If I had, if you said, Jeff, you can keep Claypool or give Claypool that contract and get rid of DJ, I would do it in a heartbeat. I'd do it in a heartbeat, but I can't. I can't go back and do that. I'm not that guy. I don't have that power, so it's kind of a moot point. But, yeah, I would definitely would keep Claypool and get rid of DJ if I had that option now. I'm just not a big Deontay Johnson fan. Dave Schofield, the original Deontay Johnson hater, he asks, with the Steelers on by and the weather holding on for one last mild streak, how many holes of golf will you be playing this week or weekend? At least 18. At least 18. I was talking with some of the Ride or Die crew on on Twitter. I love conversing with everyone there, by the way. And uh, everyone's like, what are you going to do? I said, I'm not going to watch a lick of football this weekend. I don't want to watch anything. I want to be outside. I've, I gotta, I've got still have work to do in the garden, uh, getting the garden ready for next year. I've got a whole front lawn to rake. I've got a lot of golf to play. I'm going to be busy, all right? And I, the last thing I want to think about is this Steelers football team and the way they played the last time I saw them. So I'm going to get away. A lot of golf with the kids. It'll be fun. Nathan Van Slyke, not related to my favorite baseball player in the 90s, Andy Van Slyke. Hey, Jeff, like you, I still have hope that this team can show improvement before the end of the season. Should Tomlin and the coaches use this buy to think of a different strategy, or do you think they'll just hope with TJ back everything will be okay? Well, I think that one of the things you have to realize, Nathan, is that what changes are you going to make that are going to be super impactful? And this is something I'm going to talk about on Friday with accountability. Everyone talks about accountability. You got to be accountability. Where's the accountability? Who's holding who accountable? Like, well, uh, let's calm down, okay? I mean, there's only so many changes you can make. So I think the team can still improve. And Matt Canada, I spoke about his media session. He said, we're still doing the basic stuff really bad. And we've been hammered in practice because I know the guys are sick and tired of it, but until they start fixing it, that, that, that speaks to a greater issue. But, I mean, ultimately – we all think that TJ Watt's going to come back and change a lot of things. And he will on the defensive side. He will, he'll come back and he'll make plays and he'll make everyone else around him better. Cause that's what he does. He's that good, but I, there's no magic elixir here. There, there's no, Hey, just do this and it'll fix everything. It just doesn't work that way. All right. Zach Bauer asked back after a long hiatus. Welcome back. So my question is if the Steelers fire Matt Canada at some point this week, who takes over for him? Do they bring in someone else? We all know Mike Tomlin isn't the best play caller. Thank you for helping keep this season interesting. Hashtag Ryder Die Crew. Thank you, Zach. Look, like, like I told a lot of our staff in the uh, Slack channel recently, I said, look, if the Steelers were going to fire Matt Canada, they would have done it Monday or Tuesday, and they didn't. 
They didn't do it. And you saw other teams fire their coaches. They did it when? Monday or Tuesday. Because then you start getting into the work week. And even with the Steelers of the bye week, you would want to install that new coordinator early, not later. You would not want Matt Canada out in front of the media and then fire him shortly afterwards. Matt Canada met with the media. I just don't think he's going anywhere for a lot of reasons. Talked about the scapegoat thing. I believe in that 100%. So there you go. Believers. He put an image with an eye roll emoji. Bye week. 34 Steelers three. Thank you believers for that image. I appreciate it. Nate Martin saw the Colts just fire their offensive coordinator. What does it say about the Steelers? If they refuse to do the same, not willing to make change or unwilling to admit mistakes. No, I, I, like I said before, I'm pretty sure that this is all about the fact that if the offense continues to struggle, they will have a scapegoat. Matt Canada can be that dead horse that people can beat every single week. And then after the season, they fire him, they bring someone else in, and they get to start with a clean slate. Imagine if you get rid of Canada and nothing changes. Nothing gets better. No one plays better. Offensive line, quarterback, receivers, running backs, whatever. What does that say then? It just is more issues. So you keep him, you swallow you swallow your pride for the time being, and you know you're going to get rid of him at the end of the season, unless there's a minor, a huge shift in everything. Kyle Stone, do you think TJ Watt will end the season with more sacks than Alex Highsmith? I'll say this right now. If TJ Watt stays healthy for the rest of the games, okay, so the Steelers are two and six. They've played eight games. They have nine games left. If he plays in all nine games and does not have a setback, does not get hurt, does not miss time, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. He already has one. Keep that in mind. He already has one. He's five and a half behind. He could absolutely get him. Steelers talk. If we can't change our offensive coordinator, can we at least fire some position coaches? Can we bring someone in who will help Najee get more north and south? I'm going to say this. Listen to the podcast on Friday. We're going to talk all about accountability. I was going to talk about it today, but with all the trades, that changed. Tendercat asked a couple. Jeff, I'm going to catch a bunch of slack for this one. I don't believe the Steelers can be contenders anymore with Mike Tomlin. The fact of no accountability on his part. Here we go with the accountability. Listen on Friday. And he believes the Steelers will be fine if they figure out penalties. Clearly blind, clearly oblivious. Okay, uh, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but you know what? It's... Some of these people are just saying, like, fire everybody, fire everybody, and accountability, accountability. You might not believe that the Steelers can win with Mike Tomlin. That's fine. That is your prerogative, and you are entitled to your opinion, 100%. But at the same time, I think we have to be realistic and figure out what, what does accountability look like. The next one from Tendercat. Dear Steelers, I hate your stinking guts. You make me want to vomit. You're the scum between our toes. Love your Steelers fan base. I think Tendercat, a lot of Steelers fans would agree with that. Tyler asked two questions. One, does Brian Flores being a part of the coaching staff light a fire under Tomlin to perform? Could Flores possibly be Tomlin's replacement after this year? Only if Tomlin retires. If Tomlin says after this year, I'm done. I'm done. I'm just, I, I just don't have it anymore. I don't have the desire. I don't have the will. I don't want to go to these colleges and visit anymore. I don't want to do the, the week in and week out grind. I want to be with my family. That's the only way. Number two, from the lack of success this year, how much blame can we put on Omar Khan? None. He didn't draft this draft class. He, he didn't even make all these free agent moves. He's just now starting to make moves. No, I don't think you can put any blame on Omar Khan. Not yet. Two Bargons says, hey, Jeff, since I can't think of a positive question, I wanted to share the story of becoming a Steelers fan in 2004, growing up in Ottawa. Wasn't really an NFL guy, but I wanted to play high school football when I was choosing a hat 
to be my team, my father wouldn't let me buy a Raiders hat. <laughs> and you became a Steeler fan. Congratulations. Although this year's it's, it's tough. Coach Travis, who's going to be the slot receiver now? For me, it's Steven Sims. I think that's the guy. And I think you could even put Miles Boyk in there like they did Chase Claypool from time to time to get a bigger body. I think they'll be okay. Bartholomew Grapp. In 2006, the Steelers started 2-6 and six and finished 6-2 and two to end with a record of 8-8. Eight and eight. It all started with a home win against the New Orleans Saints. Do you think history will repeat itself? Can the Steelers finish 9-8? Nine 9-8 and, eight? Nine and eight would be impressive. Uh, I, I'm not saying they can't do it. They can, but a lot has to change. If I'm a betting man right now, I am not putting my money on that happening. Would I put money on them beating the Saints? Yes. On them finishing 9-8? and eight? No. Mark Payne, do you think the Steelers have have a hard time letting go of players they drafted, even when all the signs of them being bad are there? Harvin comes to mind for me. Waitman definitely played better last year when he had opportunities. This trade, like I said earlier, might be the start of something different for the Steelers in the fact that Omar Khan might say, look, just because you were drafted by Kevin Colbert doesn't mean I'm keeping you around. How he handles his draft picks, well, we don't know. They don't have a draft class yet, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. M Dibs 24 haven't heard from him in a while. Does anybody on this current team excite you to watch? I'm still excited to watch Kenny Pickett. Uh, yeah, I want to see if this guy is the next guy. I love watching George Pickens. I love watching Najee Harris when he actually runs north and south. I love watching Pat Fryermuth. Yeah, I still get excited to watch this football team play. I still cheer. I still scream. Yeah, I still do. Even as bad as they are. Just who I am. Mike Clark. Jeff, the NFL is starting a new expansion team, and you're the GM. Would you hire Tomlin as the head coach? Oof. If I'm starting an organization, yes, I do. Absolutely, I do. If if I have a team that I feel like is ready to get, go over that proverbial hump, I don't know if I would. But if I'm the starting an expansion team, absolutely, I do. He'd be the perfect guy for the job. Okay, Boss Fox says, nope, I'm on a bye week too. That's fine, Boss. I appreciate you for at least chiming in. Nick said, Jeff, have you been, you've been the only Steelers analyst I listen to with there's not nothing but negativity surrounding the team. The team looks to be overmatched, outmatched all over this season. What is your bright spot this season? Good luck finding one. Mine's high, Smith, but I don't know. So if I had to pick a bright spot for this season, uh, you've seen I, I think you've seen exponential growth in players like Pat Fryermuth. I think Alex Highsmith, once TJ Watt comes back and he's not getting every bit of attention from the defense offensive line, he will be a bright spot. Miles Jack has been a bright spot. Devin Bush's play has been a bright spot. Uh, I, I think that even Cam Hayward still going strong at this age and this and all the wear and tear he has on his body, that's a bright spot too. We can't be so blind that we don't see any positives coming from this team because they are there. Jalen Warren is a bright spot, in my opinion. Last question from Crystal Privet. Are you glad Najee caught out the offensive line for being abysmal? You know, I don't think there's a problem, in my opinion, with saying things like, hey, there's no holes. I mean, anyone that watches anyone that watches this uh, team knows that sometimes the holes just aren't there. And you, you sometimes you see holes Jalen Warren gets that my mom could run through. And then you see times where Najee Harris is having to dodge a lewd maneuver around three different defenders just to get back to the line of scrimmage. So, you know, I have no problem with him saying sometimes the holes aren't there. All right, we covered a lot of stuff today. I appreciate each and every one of you for putting in a question for the mailbag. We'll be back next week for it again. So if you missed it this week, don't worry. I'll be back next Tuesday getting you geared up for that Week 10 Saints game. I'm going to be back on Friday. Jeremy Jerome Betts will be back with me. 
We're going to do NFL picks still. We're going to talk all about Steelers. It'll be a lot of fun. Make sure you check it out. In the meantime, you know how we finish it out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great rest of your week, everyone. Go Steelers. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus